0: Conservative podcast. I am your guest host, Barry Martin, and, but you can call me Brother Barry. Brother Isaac is out and I appreciate him giving me the opportunity to host his podcast for the second time. But uh, this time I have the real treat of coming into the studio and sit behind the, the golden Cajun conservative microphone in studio this time. And, you know, I think I'm already uh, feeling a little bit more Cajun, you know. Maybe I'll have to uh, bring out some Cajun lingo, like uh, laissez le bon temps roulé. Comment ça va? Uh, On second thought, I don't know, I think I'll leave that to Isaac. You know, he has a perfect Cajun accent. I think I just have uh, more of that redneck accent. (laughs) And also here I have uh, Brother L.B. riding shotgun as I drive this vehicle of conservatism known as the Cajun Conservative Podcast. And, you know, speaking of podcasts, uh, you know, they really have exploded in popularity lately. I was looking at us up this week, you know, there are currently about 700,000 active podcasts on various subjects going on today. And I also read about 55% of the U.S. population has listened to at least one podcast. And 155 million people listen to at least one podcast every week. And of that, 24% listen to multiple podcasts for an average of an unbelievable seven podcasts a week. Those people listen a lot. And, you know, it's interesting, I think, because we're often told that uh, attention spans are much shorter these days, and yet still we have people listening for hours to these podcasts. And I know this brother, Jordan Peterson, who is one of my favorite social commentaries uh, commentators, was shocked recently, he said, with the number of people who were flocking to his lectures and watching his videos on YouTube. He claims he sees this as evidence that people are starving for something, some deeper analysis and understanding on the topics of the day. So likewise, I think content is king when it comes to podcasts. And, you know, convenience is definitely a factor. You know, you can listen to a podcast anytime you want. You can pause, you can replay it. But, you know, even more so, I think it's a way to get past of all this censorship that we've been facing lately. So it's a very important format for today because it's a decentralized way of getting um, information out. And as we know and we've seen here recently, big tech is uh, doing all it can to rein it in. So it's good, you know, it's good to support podcasts like this one and also brothers just searching that Isaac also does on religious issues you know it's just a way to give more power to the people in choosing where they get their information from and uh speaking of information when uh you see what the more conventional news media are putting out these days we should be thankful for podcasts you know even our sports media that we used to take refuge from uh the left-wing agendas have now been compromised. You know, and we can't trust uh, these mainstream media outlets uh, like CNN for sure. You know, recently that guy, James O'Keefe, who is the founder of Project Veritas, which is that group famous for uh, doing undercover exposés, he just recently got on camera CNN Direct, director admitting that his network is all about propaganda to promote their leftist political agenda and likewise trash people on the right like you and me. You know, this is really, truly an amazing admission if you think about, even though all of us conservatives knew it before, but you know, James O'Keefe, he, he is the man Uh. And the day after he exposed that, he did get suspended from Twitter. But he has sued them, as long as uh, along with the New York Times uh, as well. So he's not just taking this, you know, uh, and he's not only suing, but he's also winning some cases in court. So I think this James O'Keefe, he's shown us a model for the type of fearlessness that we should have on our side. You know, we do have the truth on our side. Yet many times, we we tend to cower and walk away when our rights are violated. You know, not, not James O'Keefe. So Project Veritas is another great organization to support. And uh, as of now, he is still on Facebook if you want to check it out. So... um Now we know the media lies, and they don't really care if we know about it. And if you really think about it, just about every leftist media-produced narrative is provably false when you look at some factual data. For instance, climate change really doesn't have a lot of factual basis to it. It's just more liberal propaganda used as an excuse for more government control. And uh, like me, I know the most of you, you have probably had it up to here with the racist cop narrative uh, that we've been subjected to the past few years. When really a quick look at the government numbers show that blacks are shot in the same proportion with all other races according to their interactions with the police. You know, the problem is that they do have a higher rate of interactions, but whose fault is that? You know, it's not the police's fault that big cities that are heavily black have high crime rates. The problem is not the police, but rather, you know, so more social issues like uh, we know no fathers in the home. Uh, but yet the media, they want us to believe that white police officers who put their lives on the line daily to protect black lives and property, are racist. You know, when, they, when they're just trying to do the job that we pay them to do. You know, really, it makes you think, who would, who would want to be a police officer right now? You know, the left wants to defund the police, you know, the very people who protect innocent people in these communities from the violent criminals. You know, so what happens when the police pull back? We see violent com- uh, crime skyrockets as these criminals are emboldened uh, by the stand-down of the police. So the crime skyrockets with more death, uh, of the very people that the media claim to care about. You will never hear one of them, including uh, LeBron James, utter a word about the slaughter of the hundreds of thousands of black babies in the abortion mills that are conveniently placed uh, in in the black neighborhoods by Democrat policies. But then yet, they still have the gall to cry racism and demand accountability. You know, really, are you kidding me? You know, or in my best Greta Thunberg voice, how dare you? You know, President Joe Biden was just on TV the other night saying that our justice system has its knee on the neck of black America. You know, how dare you, Joe? Where is the left's accountability? They are never held accountable. And I'm so sick of being slandered as racist by people whose policies ensure more crime and death in black communities. And speaking of the speech, you know, I really couldn't get myself to watch old Joe's speech. But I did see some of the highlights. And all I can tell you is that we're in some sober times, my brethren. You know, this is the farthest left political presidency we have ever seen. Biden's proposals are in total alignment with the likes of Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. But don't let her little girl face and lollipop voice fool you. There is a seething hatred for America underneath. And, you know, I almost had to spit when uh, Dementia Joe claimed that white supremacist terrorism is a huge problem in America today. You know, what, what planet are these people living on? It makes you wonder. You know, so I assume he was talking about January 6th in D.C., which I was there, by the way, and was able to witness in person the total stand-down of security by the Capitol Police. Basically, baiting and luring people into the Capitol, where an unarmed white woman named Ashley Babbitt was shot point-blank in the neck. And to this day, we still don't know the security officer's name who shot her. You want to talk about your double standards, Ashley Babbitt, Perfectly portrays this double standard. She was unarmed. No one says a word. In fact, they congratulate the guy who shot her point blank. You know, um, I read uh, today. In fact, her family is following a lawsuit, which I say is good. Good for them. It's time we fight back. And just the, this week, it was confirmed that the media, media, and the Democrats were also lying about the police officer and the reason he died at the Capitol, uh, which they re- widely reported that he was hit with a fire extinguisher. Uh, we find out this week uh, that that it was not the case, that he died of a stroke. So these, to- these stories are totally made up, and these media people are totally shameless. You know, none of them report on all the evidence that the Democrats plotted and provoked the whole thing on January 6th. So they could then turn around and blame Trump and his supporters like me and deny any accountability for what happened in the election with all the irregularities. You know, by the way, I did see there, there is a recount going on in Arizona right now. So I think it would be very interesting to see if the Democrats allow that. Uh, you You know, there's no telling what they could do to keep us from knowing the truth. They might riot and burn down the facilities for all I know. But if anyone was still wondering what kind of president Joe Biden would be, we have a lot of evidence from the last three months in the speech that he gave the other night. You know, this is the most radical, like I said, left-wing agenda we have ever seen in American history. You know, we've got to come to facts, I think, our side. You know, the left really has stopped playing around. You know, they know they know their agenda is not very popular with Americans. That's why they went to such great extent to stuff the ballot boxes in this last presidential election with uh, these unverified mail-in ballots. You know, and that's why right now in Congress they're seeking to even stack the Supreme Court by expanding it to put on four more liberal justices so they can implement their leftist policies from the Supreme Court. They're also trying to add states with uh, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, pushing for statehood so they can get more liberal senators uh, and congressmen. You know, and and right now, as we speak at the southern border, uh, Joe Biden's policies are allowing millions of foreigners into the country. You know, I think the Democrats' idea is we're never even going to take a chance on 2016 happening again where President Trump got elected. You know, they can't really trust real Americans like me and you to vote for their policies and their candidates. So we are now being replaced and diluted with people they think will you know we are being canceled as a political force by this administration and the media and worse what was the epitome of free enterprise now even are taking sides in the 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 culture war yes we are living in the era of the woke corporation that has now volunteered to do the dirty work of forcing everyone to get in line with the latest left-wing dogma. You've got the NBA, the NLB, NFL, and, you know, even something as America, as Coca-Cola, now working against free speech and free thought. You know, and the latest nonsense that they are now pushing is something called critical race theory. That I would like to talk about a little bit about. Probably not many of you are aware of the origins of critical theory, which uh, critical race theory is rooted in. But you know, just a quick Google search exposes in the open for anyone who cares to see. And like uh, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, as they're just more. It's more social philosophy that has been around for years and actually traces uh, its beginning with none other than Karl Marx, the author of the Communist Manifesto, which inspired the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia in 1917, along with many other movements around the world. And this movement is atheistic, it was atheistic to its core. You know, his ideas, along with the likes of Sigmund Freud, the father of psychology, and the Frankfurt School that together established what is called Western Marxism. You can look this up, people. You know, which is now the nemesis of Western civilization which came out of Christianity. You know, interesting, isn't it, to see now, see what's going on. A battle for good and evil Satan and God squaring off once again. But I'm going to, at this point, take a little break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this critical race theory. Touch me with your hand You made me understand Hold on to the light all righty. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we've got some good little bumper music there for the Cajun Conservative Show. And uh, hope you all do support the, uh, the sponsors of this podcast. You know, as uh, we were leaving the, uh, the last segment, I started talking about something called critical race theory. You know, this is a theory where they get the terms like white privilege or systemic racism. So that's thrown around a lot. You know, it's really a belief that our laws in America are actually rooted in in white supremacism. And it has to be overthrown. You know, now we can kind of understand what uh, our last president, well, not our last president, but Obama was saying when he said America needed to be fundamentally transformed. You know, this is the idea that the very founding of America was evil, because we had slavery. You know, th- this is the kind of stuff they're actually teaching kids in school, and you might be surprised in a few other places that I will talk about later. You know, it- it's the concept that teaches that our founders were all these evil white slaveholders. So, you know, therefore, America at its root is evil. You know, and once it, but once again, like like many of their false media propaganda and narratives, uh, just a quick review of the factual data in history debunks their whole premise. You know, yeah, we know people like Thomas Jefferson, along with uh, some of our other founders, owned slaves, but you know, is that the whole story? You know, not if you study uh, American history, because if you you did, you would quickly discover, well, world history even, you would quickly discover that slavery existed well before America. And it was part of the whole world economic system back then. You know, in fact, slavery has existed in every nation known to man, and it has been a part of fallen mankind almost from the beginning. You know, back in the day, when one people group conquered another, the losers usually were enslaved. You know, it's in the Bible. We read it, you know, the children of Israel and and Pharaoh thousands of years ago in Egypt. You know, and Paul writes about, you know, slaves in the New Testament. You know, it was just a very common practice for thousands of years, you know, which is very opposite to the Marxist media narrative that that uh, portrays this as being something about, just about America. But on the contrary, slavery has affected every race and ethnicity at one time or another. You know, and I know it's, you know, it's kind of insensitive to point this out as a uh, you know, one local pastor told me recently, but, you know, sometimes the truth is insensitive. You know, and um, later on in time, you know, slavery became a very lucrative business, most notably uh, coming forth in the Atlantic slave trade around the, the 15th, 16th century. You know, the, the African slave trade made a lot of people wealthy, you know, and what not many people know it, made a lot of Africans wealthy who were the ones actually rounding up their brethren, which were usually of other ethnicities, to cash in. So, you know, it wasn't our ancestors that went and rounded up the slaves, but we did become a market for slaves that were rounded up by the Africans themselves. So you see, really, if you study history, no nation or race is guiltless when it comes to the institution of slavery. In fact, do you know that that slavery was not even officially ended in Ethiopia, which is in Africa, until 1942? And if you're up to date on things, you, you know that there are parts of the world that slavery still exists today and many other different types of forms of slavery that we see in human and sex trafficking and also in our buddies over there in China with their child labor uh, that we usually buy their products. So there's nobody guiltless when it comes to slavery. And, you know, people just accepted it, like I said, for millennium as a fact of life. You know, but attitudes did begin to change. But did you ever ask why they changed? It's an interesting question. For thousands of years it it happened, but then attitudes began to change. You know, what happened to chip away at this mentality that it was okay to own other fellow human beings? Well, you know, I'll give you a hint. You know, it wasn't godless Marxism, which actually seeks to enslave the whole world that woke people up to the evils of slavery. But as you may, you, you may not be surprised, it was actually the rise of Protestant Christianity in Western Europe that eventually spread to America when our ancestors came on that been, begin to chip away with this idea of slavery. You know, it was it was Christians acting out their faith in the secular world that should be credited for ending slavery. You know, Thomas Jefferson, the one they like to vilify because he owned slave, he actually put in our founding document of this country, we hold these truths to be self evident, that all men are created equal. But like I said, they'll say, well, he owns slaves, so the United States must be evil. But they overlook the fact, like I said, slavery was an entrenched in the economic system of the time of Thomas Jefferson, without which n- there would be no nation that could compete without it. You know, slavery was systemic, but it wasn't just systemic to America. It was systemic to the world system and nothing unique to the united states it was a it was a common practice especially on the continent of africa so you know why why would the left or the marxists with their critical race theory choose to lay the blame for slavery on only one country and one race. You know, especially in the light of the fact, you know, it was Christian Americans and Europeans who were on the forefront of getting rid of it. Uh, A fellow named William Wilberforce was a Christian politician in Great Britain in the late 1700s who worked the majority of his career to get rid of slavery in the British Empire. And, you know, he finally exceeded just three days short of his death when the Act of 1833 was passed in England uh, called the Slavery Abolition Act that got rid of slavery in Great Britain. And as well in, in the United States, it was Christian activists similar to William Wilberforce who organized the abolition movement here in America with the Quakers, the Baptists, the Methodists, and the Presbyterians uh, leading the way, many members freeing their slaves and even sponsoring black congregation churches. You know, uh, the great awakening that helped produce the United States itself cemented in the many minds of Americans the basic concept that all people were created equal as Thomas Jefferson put it in the Declaration. So, you know, most Christians in America agreed slavery was an evil. You know, and that's, you know, once again, not very surprising when you read the Bible. For in the New Testament, we see one time Paul wrote to uh, Falman the uh asking him, to please receive uh, one Simus back if that's how you pronounce it, I'm not sure, not just as a slave, he was a slave, but to also receive him back as a brother. So you can see, my friends, in Christianity, which is basically the source of Western civilization itself, it was this Christianity that Paul wrote about that ended up turning the tide thousands of years later and bringing slavery to an end among mankind. You know, a few decades later, after Wilberforce, the United States even took the drastic step of fighting a civil war to put, put slavery to an end in this country. And all the blood that was spilled. Yet still, the Marxists will give no credit but yet accuse the actual liberators. You know, we the people who were were responsible for getting rid of slavery, but yet are now vilified by this critical race theory as the only oppressors in history. You know, truly the scapegoat for all humanity's ills. You know, and as we can see, though, this ignores all the facts of history. You know, and isn't it any wonder these are the same people that like to cancel history or try to rewrite it. They're tearing down statues. They want to prevent the next generation from really knowing real history. You know, in critical theory, you know, facts actually become, I was reading about, the facts are replaced by individual experiences or someone's personal story. Instead of the truth. Often they talk, these people talk about my truth. So they elevate the personal experience over absolute truth. So that absolute truth is basically rejected. You know, but where have, think about this. Where have you heard before in history where one group or race of people were vilified and blamed for all the ills of society, like critical race theory is doing now. You know, if we just think think back, this was in the last century. It was pre-Nazi Germany. And this was the Jewish people who were vilified, vilified by Adolf Hitler um, and blamed for Germany losing World War One and having to go through the disastrous disastrous post-war period that Germany had after World War I. You know, Hitler came to power giving speeches about the Jews' wealth and power. You know, I guess you might say Adolf Hitler had his own critical race theory, you know, that ironically drove out the Western Marxism movement that was actually centered in Germany at the time and eventually moved to new york city you know it was their hateful rhetoric that was now being hateful rhetoric that was now being turned against them by hitler yes hitler thought there was a systemic jewish privilege in germany and germany needed to be fundamentally transformed to get rid of it you know he had a final solution for germany's jewish problem You know, and what should be scary to all of us that we are hearing the same kind of accusations against those of the Caucasian persuasion in America today. And uh, once again, we're going to stop and take a little break and hear uh, the sponsors of the Cajun Conservative Program. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. This is your guest host, Brother Barry, filling in for Bo Isaac, who is the Cajun conservative. Uh, I was just left off the last segment speaking about this, uh, how a critical race theory reminds me of Nazi Germany. But you know, make make no mistake. You know, this Marxist dogma that we're hearing today is not only anti-white, but Most of all, anti-Christian. You know, this is why, you know, I think maybe they've chosen to vilify one race because it's seen as Christian. You know, remember Obama Obama said, you know, we cling to our Bible and guns. You know, he was talking about people like you and me. You know, and the ultimate goal, I think, of uh, this critical race theory is actually to cancel Christ. You know, or any other biblical basis that we have that, that runs our society. So now we can see. You know, if you look at this closely, we can see how dangerous it is for President Joe Biden and the left to decry white supremacism as the uh, the source of all evil in the country. In order to cloak their own more deadly form of Antichrist supremacy. You know, but once again, how easy to refute this non fact based propaganda if we educate ourselves. That they are now trying to teach our young people in schools, like I said. You know, incidentally, I saw on the news that uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is actually uh, signed legislature banning banding the teaching of critical race theory in Florida schools, which is great. I love that guy. If he wanted to run as Trump's running mate in 2024, I'd be on board for that. You know, and also even in our own Louisiana legislature, we got our um, buddy Claston Bernard, who is a black politician he ran for office just recently matter of fact and uh isaac hayes had him on the cajun conservative just recently but he is also being very vocal in lobbying lobbying our own state legislature to follow florida's example and ban critical race theory being taught in louisiana public schools you know and i also loved you know that Senator Tim Scott, in his response to uh, Joe Biden, who he is also a black man, uh, bravely stated what all Americans, true Americans, know in our heart, that America is not a racist country. You know, and, and of course, after he said that, he was immediately lambasted uh, by the left and called an Uncle Tim on Twitter. You know, so maybe we ought to just maybe tweak uh, Senator, uh, Tim, Senator Scott's uh, statement uh, a little by saying, you know, America is not a racist country except for the incredibly racist left-wing Marxists who are now in control. That would probably be a more accurate statement right there. So, because critical race theory at its heart is very racist. But, you know, I would encourage, you know, our side, we must have the courage to fight back against this baseless propaganda of the Marxist media, you know, that is actually well versed in Edward Bernays, who was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, and who also bragged about he could get people to believe anything he wanted. You know, so they push their lies over reality because in reality it can be quickly proven by fact and history that no other nation has done more to give opportunity to all races, nationalities and ethnicities than the United States of America. I mean, look at people like Barack Obama. We have Oprah Winfrey you know, and, and what if this, this very spalled, bright, um, and ungrateful LeBron James? You know, these are black people that are just just as powerful and rich as any white people you ever read about. You know, how did they, that happen if critical race theory is true? It should have never been possible. You know, we have Supreme Court justice, a black Supreme Court justice. You know, we have black senators, we have black congressmen, we have black mayors. I mean, these are real positions of power that refute this crazy idea of critical race theory. You know, and it's no coincidence this happened in America, because our rights are established in the Constitution. It is written, no matter what race you are. And we really don't even have to look, uh, secondarily, we don't even really have to look at history to expose that these lies, these uh, leftist propaganda are lies. You know, just look at people's actions today if you want to see the truth. You know, where does half the world want to immigrate today? Do they want to immigrate to China? You know, I don't think so. And I think you know that's not the case. No, right at the moment as I speak to you today, there's thousands of immigrants pouring over the southern border of the United States. But how can this be? You know, I thought this country was racist. You know, why would a bunch of non-white immigrants want to come to a white supremacist country that Joe Biden tells us we are? You know, what a joke. But unfortunately, you know, the the joke seems to be on us. You know, the left wants us to believe that this nation that has the greatest track record of giving all people freedom and opportunity is the biggest problem, and then wants us to replace it with Marxist socialism, which actually, if you look in history, has the worst track record. You know, under Marxism and socialism, hundreds of millions were starved and slaughtered under Stalin in the Soviet Union and Mao Zedong in China. You know, and this was just in the last century. You know, people, rather than going to these Marxist paradise, these socialist paradise, you know, people actually flee these places to come here. You know, people in Central America risking life and limb coming up to our southern border. You know, it makes you wonder, you know, if socialism is so good, why aren't these people headed south to the socialist paradise of Venezuela? Well, you know, like me, it's because people are actually starving down there in Venezuela under socialist policies. You know, and if you even look within the uh, the borders of this very United States, you see people fleeing Democrat-run states in droves to more free states like Texas and Florida. With incidentally, they've actually grown in the last sentence, uh, census and are actually going to pick up electoral votes and seats in Congress. You know, we wouldn't be see people going to Republican states. It what Joe Biden and the Democrats were saying were true and the media, you know, because it makes no sense to what they are trying to push. If they what they said were true, people would be flow. They would be going to New York and California, you know, to experience all these great Democrats, socialist Marxist policies. But, you know, ac- uh, people's actions should speak louder to us than what the media's phony words say to us on TV. You know, people, when you look at it, they actually do want law enforcement, and they want criminals punished. They don't want to make career criminals into some kind of heroes. And polls show just this week that many working black Americans, you know, hate these riots and believe that it's all just one big lie. You know, but like I've mentioned before, we need to just on our side have the courage of our convictions that we are on the right side as our ancestors were convinced that they were on the right side. If we don't, we will lose the greatest blessing God gave us in America, other than Jesus Christ himself. You know, we have the woke corporations trying to implement uh, this tyranny, and we need to remember not to support them. You know, support your local business. You know, I have a local business. You know, support these people. You know, Brother Isaac has a business. I can guarantee you, Brother Isaac doesn't take his uh, profits and send it sends it to uh, Black Lives Matter. I guarantee you that. So when you support small business, you're likely to support freedom, and. Not end up supporting these Democrat policies that want to destroy your country. Most of all, guard your own hearts from this deception, which is now, like I said before, it's entering places that you wouldn't expect. And the one place it's come in with a vengeance this past year is actually in our churches. You know, I like to call this something uh, something called wokeology. You know, this is woke theology, which is broke theology. You know, uh, one of our mainline denominations uh, in uh, just recently, well, probably several years ago, they actually had a Black Lives Matter S- Sunday. You know, and this is a group, Black Lives Matter, Well, one of the founders recently admitted to being a Marxist. You know, why in the world... Would the church want to be involved in an antichrist and op- openly Marxist movement? And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cut him some slack. You know, I think it's because of this mini- media manipulation. You know, who wants to be called racist? And, you know, after the George Floyd incident, uh, incident you know, many of the churches went into high panic mode. You know, with one one pastor I saw who was actually encouraging his white congregants to apologize to the black congregants for their racism. And, you know, asking forgiveness, I have no problem with. You know, that's biblical. But I don't think this is really biblical. As the Bible says that, you know, all of us, no matter what race you are, have fallen short. You know, and we're... We're saved by grace, not race. So your race doesn't determine whether you're good or bad. You know, uh, your race doesn't make you guilty in God's eyes. And you know, I you know I saw recently, I read on Facebook, uh, another leader of a large denomination, you would know well if I mentioned it. He recently penned an open letter on why he believed the church attendance is now at an all-time low. You know that in this, he basically blamed conservative evangelicals for the decline in attendance? You know, he said it was basically people like me that it was our fault because we were secularizing the church with politics. You know, he said, you know, the church does not belong in politics. You know, I quickly remind this brother, you know, it was actually how slavery was abolished that Christians were involved in politics. And, you know, this very nation was birthed in what is called a great awakening of the Christian faith. You know, but I think it's very revealing about this brother's motives that at the same time he decried conservative, evangelical, he casts a totally blind eye to this leftist wokeism, which is now entering the church today. He doesn't care about the left secularizing the church, just the right. So I think, you know, considering that, I'd have to disagree with him. You know, it's more likely that people have given up on church Because of this leftist movement that we see in the churches today. You know, what would be the point of going to church if all you're going to hear preached is what is the same thing that the world is preaching you on TV during the newscast every night? You get to hear that anytime you want to. You know, so and you know, besides, you know, we are not of the world. That's true. The Bible says that, but we do live in it. And we are supposed to act in it. You know, well, the Bible says, you know, we're supposed to be the salt and light in a dark and dying world. And, you know, it's very hard to do that if you're going to just hide your beliefs inside the four walls of your church. An example of history we can bring up, if y'all remember, a fellow named Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a German but also a Christian leader, in pre-Nazi Germany. Later on, he was actually executed on Hitler's orders. You know, he tried his best to get the German church to speak out against Nazism, but most of the German church actually went along to get along. And that led to the terrible Holocaust and war that not only killed Jews, but also Americans and millions of other people of other nationalities that had no choice but to stand and fight Nazism because the German church had failed to do its job. And you know, obviously you can see my connection. I see the American church in a similar situation today. You know, we've already had the Holocaust in a sense, uh, 10 times the size of Nazi Germany in the form of abortion. You know, 60 million preborn babies slaughtered. And then Joe Biden wants to get on my TV and talk about white supremacism. You know, while he, re- he promotes the slaughter of black babies in these abortion mills. And also promotes lawlessness and violence in our streets and in our country every day. You know, how dare you, Joe and point the finger at us? And I close, and as I close, we as Christians should not be surprised by what evil seeks to do. You know, don't ever make the fatal mistake of projecting the goodness that we have in Christ onto the enemies of Christ. You know, we are taught to see the best in people so that we may win them to Christ. But equally important is discern when we are in the present of what Scripture calls a seared conscience. You know, Jesus was under no illusions concerning the spirit behind the Pharisees. He knew they sought to kill them, and he plainly told them, You know, Jesus did not play with evil, and neither should we. So the question is, my brothers, what will we do as the church of Jesus Christ in the face of this evil? Will we speak out, or will we cancel ourselves by staying quiet? Will we be salt in this dying world as we are commanded by Scripture, or will we be trodden underfoot? Yes, speak truth to evil. Do not go along to get along. We must do as Martin Luther said, Here I stand, I can do no other. And as Paul wrote in Ephesians 6.30.13, Having done all, keep standing. Well, once again, it's been a pleasure filling in for my brother Isaac. This is your brother Barry signing off. May God bless you, keep you, save you, for he is our only answer.